Hi, I'm Trent Maxwell. And I'm Lee Mason. And we want to welcome you to our Live, Learn, Survive podcast. Since 2018, Lee and I travelled the globe and met face-to-face with over 20,000 children. We've created a series of children's books and Maxi's Rescue Squad where teens and young adults can learn life skills online that not only help themselves, but help others too. We take what we do very seriously ourselves, not so much as you soon will hear. So let's spend the next half an hour together with some fun, inspiration and kindness and we'll try and learn something too. How are you this week, Lee? You're right next to me. I'm We're right next to you, Maxie. You know exactly how we are. We've had a very busy Sunday. So, um, so yeah, we've got a, a lot to, a lot happening because, um, you know, we're both having a bit of a holiday coming up, but um, we're a bit lucky again today, Mike. See, we've got another guest again. Yeah, another special guest. Exactly. Another special guest, and it's good to have him on the line. Exactly. Another very important person in your life. So um, so today we are being joined by another firefighter, um, Maxwell Coddingham, who is also a firefighter for New, firefighter New, New South Wales and at your station, at Bankstown Yeah, he's at Fire Bankstown station. 62 Station. Yeah. So the really cool thing about Maxwell, and he's told me that now I can call him Max, so, you know, we're already best mates. So um, so Max is also a paramedic and has got a, a Bachelor of Paramedicine from Charles Sturt Uni. Yeah, very smart cookie. Very smart cookie. Um, he started off in 2012 as a retained firefighter for five years in the Southern Highlands, beautiful yep. part of New South Wales. And then since 2017 to the current day, he's a permanent firefighter at Bankstown Fire Station, Station 62, because yep. you know yeah, I like 60. to know my station um, numbers. Station numbers. Um, he's also, this is so important, a volunteer for Fire and Rescue as a peer support officer. Um, he's got training in mental health, first aid, training for group crisis intervention, as well as suicide intervention skills training, yeah. which is just incredible. Incredible. Um, and we know that um, he's got a lot of other things that he's probably going to tell us about that he's working on as well. Um, so welcome, Max. Thrilled that you've joined us today. Thank you. It's good to have you in the room, mate. It. uh it's a privilege, and I'm, I'm I'm grateful to be here, and it's lovely to see you guys uh, again, and 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 just to be able to hang out. Yeah, it'll be good, mate. So basically, uh, for people that are listening, uh, myself and Max have been working together for you know nine, ten months now. Uh, we're at Bankstown Fire Station, quite a busy station. Uh, myself and Max and Peers, uh, you know the the the. the the wonderful peers, yeah, the as wonderful I like peers. to refer yeah. to peers. Um, you know, we rip in, we love it, uh, we we back each uh, each other, uh, and I thought it'd be very important to bring on Max today because we not only just as a firefighter, but he's also a paramedic, which is yep. amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah, and also the whole peer support and uh, mental health, and we do a lot of stuff on the rescue squad about um, health and fitness and and the well well being. Yeah, so I think uh, everyone is in for a treat today. So. Same sort of thing as before, Maxi Boy and everyone listening at home, uh, Career Corner. So we're going to be doing fifth, uh, 13 questions and we'll get to know you, Max, and then um, shine a bit of light on what you do and uh, how you can help people. Yep, exactly. So you go, Maxi. Question one. Question one. When did you realize that you wanted to become a firefighter? Oh, um, it would be in... Probably my late teens, I realized I wanted to be a firefighter. I I realized I wanted to be a firefighter when I, I saw, you know, I'd be in the city or I'd be in Wollongong and it didn't matter where I was, I saw a fire truck and there were boys and girls on the truck and they were always smiling and laughing. 
and it didn't matter what time of the day or night you saw a fire truck drive past you, people were always just smiling and it seemed to be that they were just hanging out. Mm. And I went, you know what, that's what I want. I want to do that. I want to do a job where I can just see absolute happiness in people all the time. But adding on to that too, mate, you're a paramedic as well. So where did the paramedic dream uh, come into play? Yeah, and which came first? The chicken or the egg. Uh, It was was the firefighting that came first and um, I kind of in school didn't like to learn and ever since I left school all I've done is learn. Um, And, you know, with the firefighting I I walked up and, and had a crack and didn't know what retained or permanent was and just went to a fire station and had a crack and it turned out to be retained and I had a, had a cracking time there. But um, the paramedicine came into it when I, I'd i gone to some incidents as a firefighter realising there was more to do and, you know, just waiting for the ambos to show up. And and so that I realised, you know what, I've, I've got some time in my hands. Why not become an ambo and learn to do what they do because sometimes we're there first mm. and there's yeah. some things that we could do. So. Uh, that's that's sort of what led to wanting to be a paramedic was why not provide something better to people? Why yeah. not be able to do more? That's incredible because, like, as you say, you know, minutes count, seconds count, and, um, you know, you probably there got other skills that um, will, will have saved, no doubt, many lives because um, you can do both. That's incredible. Yeah. And as you hear too, some of the jobs that people listening uh, that know, Bankstown's quite a busy area. We do a lot of different jobs yep. and uh, it's always good to have Max on the back of the truck with us, um, you know, to, to, to control the situation for the patient as well and look after them. Yep. And it, it, it's awesome hand in hand, uh, not only the fire, firefighting skills and the rescue skills, but also the paramedic. And That's then even it. then, adding on to the peer support stuff as well. So yeah, you, you cover all bases, mate. Yeah, like seriously. Um, so was there anybody, um, going back to, you know, like when you were younger, you were saying like as a teenager, was there anybody who inspired you when you were long, young who you looked up to or, um, you know, that sort of set you on that path? Um, oh, to set me on the path. Um, I guess as a kid, like growing up, you had idols that, you know, I was really big into my AFL and I love the Swan. So, I, you know, I always, as much as Barry Hall had a wicked temper on the phone and he gave Rusey heaps of trouble, uh, <laughs> I looked up to, you know, those guys and, like, you know, my, my genre was, you know, like the Barry Hall and Adam Goods were sort of the two standout sort of footy idols to me on almost yin and yang on how they approached the game. You know, one, one a game approach was just get in, rip in, full brute strength. And where's Goods, he played a different game and he played a, a more of a humble game, sort of in my opinion. And But as far as what what inspired me to, I guess, idols, I'd say probably my grandmother was probably one of my biggest idols growing up. She, she kind of always gave me this underpinning foundation of you, you can always do something with nothing. Um, yeah. You know, simple things, you know, I remember – you know, wanting to get uh, Subway and, and Nan goes, well, we've got Subway at home. I'll show you. And she, she made up you know, an absolute wicked sub, uh, you know, with a bit of bread she just bought from the bakery and we had it all at home. And she would always be giving us, you know, not only just time but those skills to, you know, do more. And my parents as well were the same. So I guess family were my sort of idols growing up. That's yeah. a good answer. 
Brilliant, brilliant answer. Um, mate, next question. Did you get good career advice at school? <laughs> good career? Mostly yes. Mostly yes. Uh, sometimes no, but mostly yes. Um, in school, uh, I would say my... experience or anything, or did you, did you have any uh, pathways of potentially going down the paths that you've come to now? Yeah, well, I had... Um, Mr. Fisher, Mr. Andrew Fisher was my economics teacher, and he always like, had like uh, Mr. Wasn't Mr. Fisher on Home and Away? Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you on Home and Away? Yeah. Wow, oh. Max. Yeah. Did no, you go to Summer Bay High? <laughs> Mr. Fisher. <laughs> uh, you know what? He he would have fit in at Summer Bay High, Mr. Fisher. I reckon he was a suave yeah. bloke. He could have just rolled in. And, uh, <laughs> but he always had advice that would just cause you to reflect. And it necessarily, you know, wasn't um, what you wanted to hear, mm-hmm. but you did need to hear it. Uh, and some other good career advice I got was from my chemistry teacher, Mrs. Langton. Um, and she was just the sweetest, nicest woman ever as a teacher, but she was brutal. <laughs> and she, she just gave some really good advice on the sense of, you know, she could see I wasn't all that interested in school, but I was there anyway. And... Um, she basically showed that you don't need to be good at school, but you need to be good at something. So find something you are good at and and give it all you crack because you'll soon learn that there's a big world outside of school. So if you're not good at school, get good at something. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's great. great. That's like that's great advice. And you know, like so often we'll say, you know, like we'll chat to people, and there's always a teacher somewhere that just says one thing or just like you know creates a spark or something um teachers are just incredible so um so yeah so as a teenager then how did you you decided it was firefighting what did you do to take that first step you started to talk about it with you know going to the fire station so can you elaborate on that a bit more that you thought right I'm 14 or 13 14 I want to be a firefighter this is what I'm going to do well, it was it was later, like eighteen, nineteen. I wanted to be a firefighter. Uh, oh, there you it, go. it was it was later on in life. It, I I had no idea what I wanted to be at school, and I thought, you know, it, in high school, I thought I was going to be a pilot or something. Uh, it was, yeah. Well, you do like the helicopters. I know that. Yeah. When we get we get run down to Bankstown Airport, you know, he starts. Oh, out some technical he, like words. yeah. Oh, amazing. We may or may not have uh, traded uh, stories about playing fight fight flight simulator back in the day. <laughs> That was my favourite game. It was, it was a bit of a passion, and I did like the plane. So, uh, no, it was it was later on, and when I walked in the fire station and spoke to the guys there, um, it was just appealing. Everything about it was appealing, and and even to this day, I mean, the first steps were, you know, like any step, you got to then apply for the job, and you've got to, I think, just you know, letting go of any expectation or pretense to it, and just having a crack. And I just got in there and. You know, a lot of I had a lot of boundaries to start with that were age related. You know, people didn't think a a nineteen year old or I was eighteen when I was applying was ready to do the sort of work that I was doing, and yeah. um, it, it, you just move past some barriers that are put in your way, 100%. and that's what I did. I just you just you just got to move forward and past, and I just kept pushing and sat the interview and obviously answered the questions right and, and got there and I applied a. Uh, twice to be a permanent firefighter without success and stayed retained or on call. And uh, it was the third time I applied I was successful. Um, 
into the system. And I think, to be honest, the first time I applied, I didn't fill out the application properly, so I probably shouldn't have got the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's um, you know that that's like a common theme, isn't it? Like you were a few times and yeah, and all the rest of it. So um, yeah, amazing, just like persistence. And we've got the next question here, mate. So where did you train for your career? So leading up to getting into the fire, uh, fire and rescue, uh, were you doing any specific training? Um, not. Super specific. No, I, I was always training and trying to maintain my fitness and, and doing other sort of jobs and working in different areas. But as to as for the, the training, most of it was just life experience. Like the training is life. The training is living and doing and getting out and about. And that is what I think prepared me more so, you know, making sure that, you know, if if you have the ability to just be encompassed in an environment that you may not enjoy, find something that you do take out of that environment. Not doesn't necessarily have to be trained specifically to be a firefighter or a paramedic. Just start small. Just start somewhere that is in front of you. And that's what I did. I, I initially would just volunteer and go down to the station and play with equipment that, you know, I wasn't getting paid at that time, but my training was trying to learn that equipment and trying to do those things because you know, most of the things on the fire truck are there because you need them at a pinch and you need them in a hurry and you need to deploy it in a hurry. So yeah. that was kind of the training that I did for that. And then for my for my paramedic degree, the training was the university. And how many years was that, Max? Uh, it's a three-year undergraduate degree. And uh, I, you know, with that, I, I spoke to firefighter uh, sorry i spoke to paramedics uh, that were my friends and i spoke to family friends or you know just old people old paramedics and uh i i got the vibe of paramedicine and what it was to be a paramedic and i thought yep i think i have the ability to do that and so i went to university i applied to university and i was rejected uh, almost immediately from university uh, i didn't get in and they said to me you, you don't you don't meet the academic requirements based on my age and my education and schooling i didn't have the, the, the right qualification. So um, persistence will out and I was persistent with the uni and they finally said, if you pay us up front for the first year, we'll let you in. Uh, but you got to pass. And so I did that. And Wow. It's, it's one of the best things I've ever done, but it was also one of the hardest things I've ever done because watching paramedics on road, and <laughs> it's very different to having to learn what they learn. Uh, it <laughs> look easy when you're yeah. on the outside looking in. Uh, it's very different when you're there trying to make it look easy. Yeah. yeah. And, and you were saying too, so you get the fire down pat, the paramedicine down pat, but the peer support, how do you train or what made you get your head right for the, the peer support roles that you do? The peer support stuff is the most fun that I do in the sense of, None, none of the jobs I have are jobs because I enjoy all of them, but the peer support work is, is voluntary. So it's you've got to be in the right mindset to want to be able to get out there and help. Peer support is is about just being there for the those that are there for others. And it's how I got into that was I experienced peer support and I, I'd gone to a series of, you know, considerably traumatic incidences and in a small country town where you knew the people involved in it and it, you know, it was highly impacting on me and others that were in the team and 
being young, I knew the young people doing the young, dumb stuff in town because mm. I too was doing the young, dumb stuff in town. I just probably got away with it when I shouldn't have. And I experienced peer support and they were really helpful to me and they provided a absolute comfort and security that was above and beyond what I had already experienced in the in the family and brotherhood of firefighting, which, you know, as you know, you've heard, you know, I'm on shift with Maxi and, you know, there's nothing we don't cover on shift. We cover everything from, you know, what your favourite food is to if you're scared of the dark or not. It's everything to and from and in between we cover and there's that absolute trust. And when you go to the peer support, it's next level because you start talking about truly concerning things to you. You talk about if you're sad or if you're dealing well with things, how things affect your mental health. And a lot of people find that their mental health is this cloud of secrecy that if they share things, they'll be seen as weak. Um, yeah. And we see that a lot in firefighting and we see it a lot in paramedicine. And what got me to wanting to do that was just how empowering it is to see people be able to talk about their own mental health because mental health is just a continuum like any other health. Your physical health one day you're great and the next day you wake up with a runny nose and then then you get a blocked nose and then you've got a whole head cold and then mental health is the same a lot of the days you're fine and everything's good but then you start to notice you might be a little bit more sleepy oh you're taking shortcuts in your diet you start to notice little things and then you may have a mental health problem but then the idea is you you become aware of that you work with professionals which I'm not but you work with professionals or other peer support to mend yourself back to healthy again and you're const everyone's constantly moving up and down mentally healthy and physically healthy and I like to having a, a more physical health degree being paramedicine mm-hmm. and then working in a peer support you try to look at it holistically and work together with them and I guess my own mental health and the struggles I had after experiencing trauma with peer support is what led me to being peer support and and I think part of the reason I really pushed for it was that there wasn't a lot of young people doing it and how I positioned the uh, interview with my uh, fellow firefighters that interviewed me on it was sometimes young junior firefighters don't want to talk to old senior firefighters about their issues. They It might not be an experienced thing based on their job. It might be I'm comfortable talking to someone at my age, at my yeah. level. Or they can they could um, understand what you're trying to explain or what you're f- dealing or feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's more relatable. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that is just like so important because, um, y- you know, you're so right. And, um, you know, mental health, I think, is going to be so important. Like, you know, as you, you know, you may know, Maxie and I were just in England. We had parents come to us that said they'd got, children that were anxious about going out or that children that have barely seen their grandparents in two years and actually going out was making children Mm. anxious. And it's just like, you know, so, you know, um, I think um, what you're doing there is just um, amazing. It's great, mate. Yeah, really amazing. So we're up to number six now. It's up to you, Lee. It's me. It's me now. So you um, hinted a little bit at this earlier. You mentioned a couple of teachers, um, but best piece of advice that you've been given? Piece that's stuck with you and um, you carry forward. Now, I, advice that this 
this might give Maxie a chuckle. He he knows he knows that I um of all the things I really enjoy in life, Harry Potter is up there for me. Is something that I quite like. No, that's good. Oh wow! I, 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 like, I, I, I when I was over in London a couple of weeks ago, I was I was trying to find nine three quarters and. And then you told me, mate, I was in the wrong train station. But, but yeah, yeah it's, it's we we've got I support a, you, mate. I we did you. find uh, on the on the previous England trip, we found the um, platform nine and three quarters at um, St Pancras. Yep, Kings Cross St Pancras. Yeah, Kings Cross St Pancras. I have got a great story about visiting that, but I can't possibly tell you on on um, here, Max. I'll tell you that another time about when we went to um, we went when we went to um, St Pancras. So yes. Sorry, tell us about Harry Potter. Uh, so, so I would guess advice-wise, for me, I, in, in a bit of a playful manner, the, the Harry Potter advice, there's a, there's a part in Harry Potter where he discovers what's called the Mirror of Erised in the Philosopher's Stone and, and Dumbledore tells him, you know, it, it does not do well for you to dwell on dreams and forget to live. And, and that, to me, I just, you can, you can look and you can, you can think about things and you can and you constantly look at the past and be anxious about the future. but realistically you've got to try and be in the moment stay present and, mm. and, and and get going and there's another part in um the goblet of fire where Sirius Black who is my favorite character he talks to Ron and Hermione and he says um if you want to know what a man is truly like look at how he treats people inferior or junior to him don't look at how he treats people equal to him and I, I really like to see you know I really like that's really good advice because some of some of the best firefighting techniques and advice i've been given have been given to me by recruits out of college that you know uh and you know there's a lot of even kids kids give great advice because they're brutally honest that kids kids have this wonderful filter to be able to give advice to people and you know even even max has given me some great advice and just simple things in the gym where you know you go i'm I'm a bit i'm a bit over something and he just looks at maxi looks and goes just don't just never lose your keenness just be keen about it all right perfect little little boosters but in all honesty, the, the best advice I get isn't language. It's observing how people act and carry themselves, and that's advice in itself. How people, you know, my very first ever senior man or senior firefighter always carried himself in a way that was to empower everyone around him, and his, his advice was in his body language that was always encourage and never discourage. Yeah. And, and, and that, that advice is great, and I see advice from... I had an old fiery give me advice one night in a pub after a few beers. Great <laughs> advice after a few beers that was, you know, essentially try not to force things to come. If you're out there giving your your all and trying hard and you feel like you're getting nowhere, just keep trying, keep pushing, try to do what you need to do and things will work. But yeah. you have to keep trying. Yeah, great advice. Exactly, mate. exactly. That's brilliant. So mate, moving on to the next one, uh, probably across all three again, mm-hmm. mate. What's what's the most stressful part of your career journey so far? What has oh. been the most stressful part of uh, your, your career journey? So you can you can talk about one job, you can talk about all three, but yeah, um, what's been the most stressful part? Um, stressful. So I guess for those that that are listening that don't know, in in New South Wales, fire trucks don't carry paramedic equipment, and paramedics don't carry firefighting equipment. They're two different services that work separate to each other entirely. Um, so it's not like a lot of the shows you see where fire departments show up and they are they have all the equipment that paramedics have. We don't have that. 
So what is super stressful for me is showing up to an incident as a firefighter needing paramedic equipment. That or is such a paramedic good point. And needing rescue equipment. Mm. Yeah. Um, that is stressful because you can you have the ability to d- differentiate to what that patient needs in the immediate future and you, you can't do it. You can't yeah. do it. Yeah. So I think then um, we need to get you, Max. You need your own vehicle that's um, part fire truck, part ambulance. They make we them. Call it, we call it the Maxmobile. Um, you know, we'll get you your you own. You can do the weekends. I can we'll do get, the weekdays. Yeah, we'll, we'll get. Yeah, around. we'll call it the Maxi, the Maxi, the Maxmobiles, um, and um, we'll get you your own. Um, you know, triple Z. We'll we'll get you your own number. I'll put it on the list for you, Max. I'll put it on the yeah, list. Yeah, so. Put it on. We'll, we'll... One one three. Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put it on the list. So I can imagine that. Imagine that you arrive. You're in a position to do something, and you just haven't got the kit. I one hundred percent. That would be stressful. So, um, so that kind of leads into the next question, Max. So, how do you deal with the stress that comes with the job? Then, so um, you know, very stressful jobs. All all three of those. How do you look after yourself? How do you deal with that? How do I deal with it? I guess the other stressful well, the other stressful part is in the peer support aspect, is that because your numbers are out there for all to call at any time, is if you're if you receive a call from a peer, you know, you're always giving a bit extra to the those that are in your family. And that's that, you know, your your fire family, you give it you give a bit more for those. And, you know, I remember being uh, in Bathurst studying for an exam and, um, you know, receiving a peer support phone call that, that took six hours and mm. it was quite a complicated call that took a long time. Um, so that's stressful. But how I look after stress, uh, well, first of all, you know, self-care isn't selfish and you've got to move past the barrier that looking after yourself is being able to give the best to others. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'd be able to safely say that Maxie and I, we're, we're really privileged and it is a privilege to be able to do what we do. Like it absolutely is. It's, you know, we, we've we won the lottery in the sense of what we do. Mm. We love our job. So how do I look after myself? Mostly I try to include a positive mindset in what I do. I try to find a, you know, even if something's giving me the absolute, absolute frustrations, I'll find a positive in that aspect. But little things. Uh, I've got into running since I've been at Bankstown. I like a run now. It's raining and I think I might even go out after the, in the rain. Yeah, nice, mate. Yeah. Um, and Pierce. Pierce has shown me that uh, breath work can be really helpful. Yeah. So I like to just take advice from a lot of people. Um, but I also love yoga, which is bizarre. Um, I, I watch Yoga with Adrienne on YouTube every so often. And I'll yeah. just, you know what we should do, Max. Just thinking out loud, mate. Um, I keep forgetting that you like yoga. We should we should assign a, a thirty to forty minute yoga session each shift. I reckon that will help us out a little bit too. Yeah, and flexibility. I love it, and I'll do simple things. You know, it. Uh, I like to watch a little twenty minute show. You know, just one, just something really mind numbingly, just pointless, like Seinfeld. Just a quick 20 minutes to not have to think about anything and you jump on, yeah. you jump off, you're done. Yeah. Do you know what? I do that. Like I do what that in an evening. I'll like watch a 20-minute, literally park my brain. That's probably the only TV I watch all day. I'm not like it's like, you know, so I totally understand that. And you, and you just said it. It's like self-care is not selfish. 
Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you like you say with the phone numbers, we have like, you know, there's been a, on occasion on a Saturday night, our social media that, you know, you try and not look at the phone or you try and do, but, you know, with Live, Learn, Survive, we, we take what we do really seriously. We, we'll sometimes get a message. Um, it, you know, is someone there? Can I talk to Maxie? Um, I really need some help. And like this happened a few times to the point that now we actually have on our Live, Learn, Survive, we have like an edit button that's got all of the help numbers that in any country in the world. So if it's, uh, you know, a, an Australian child or teen or young adult, all the information is there on our social media the number to call and and we have like a message and I go back and I go, you know, Max is not here right now, he's at work, but, um, you know, follow these links and these are the professional people that can help you. Mm. Um, so, you know, it is it is hard when you say you've got your number and, um, you know, the, you never want call. to ignore that call. You're always on call, mate. You're always on yeah. call. Um, so a bit more of a, a, you know, that's, you know, dealing with stress is obviously um, good advice there. Oh, for me, everyone knows I love physical exercise, I love running and, and listening to good songs. But moving on to something a bit more positive and upbeat, best career decision so far? Across, again, all three jobs. Best career Across decision. All three. Across all three. It's, it's hard to make a bad career decision in the careers and jobs I do. It's really, it's really hard. The, the best career decision I have made is to say yes to opportunity. Whenever opportunity comes to rise, if you're in a job, if you're in a sporting team, if you're in anything that you're having fun with and someone throws something at you that is opportunity, have a go. Give it At least give it a try. And, yeah. and that's what I've found that the, the best thing in my career, the best career decision so far is just saying yes to an opportunity. Yeah. Probably the day you walked in that fire station. Yeah. Well, that would be up there. And I think, yeah, as far as specific career decisions, ah, saying saying yes when when my inspector walked downstairs and said, are you still interested in studying rescue? I said, of course. He said, well, (laughs) uh, pack your bags, you're going tomorrow. Yeah. How good is that? That's what we we have a, we've said before, haven't we? Say say yes, and then we work it out later. <laughs> like say yes, and we're like, and then we look at each other and go, "Oh wow, what have we done?" Um, so I doesn't agree with yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So if you weren't a firefighter or a paramedic, um, is what what else would you do? What do you think you would have done? What else do I? Well, I guess I would have. I, I'd like to think I had enough in me to be a pilot, but I don't think I would have. Um, if Right now, if I couldn't be a firefighter or a paramedic, I think I would like to to be a National Parks officer. Yeah, wow. Oh, I think cool. I, I think I'd like to work in something around the National Parks and, you know, just to be outdoors, walking around, checking on the, you know, the animals and the habitats and the ecosystem. Um that or I would like to be more clinically involved in mental health. In the yeah. sense, I volunteer in mental health and I enjoy volunteering my time with a very limited skill set to help people. And and peer support is just, it is that support. It is, you know, I'm not there to fix problems. Peer support don't fix anything. We empower people to fix their own problems or 
to, mm. to to get to their own solution. We don't give them solutions. A we different just- perspective, a different perspective too. Like they could be so negative and so down the rabbit hole of not understanding and then they can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. But you have someone else coming in with a different shine of light, different attitude, different perspective, outside looking in mentality and helps them get their, their plan of getting out of that hole or whatever situation yeah. they're in. Yeah. So, so I think, um, yeah, maybe more clinically in mental health. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, mate. So I think we skipped a little question, but that adds on to the next career goal for for the three jobs as well. So what are the, what are some of the goals now moving forward? So where would you want to achieve as a firefighter, peer support, and a paramedic, if you can answer that question? It's a bit of a hard one, but what's your, what's your next goal? For, you're always moving forward. You're always trying to keep hitting those bars once you get a goal you set another one because the problem is a lot of the time people get to their goal and that we see that with certain other firefighters or other people around us where they work so hard to get to a goal but once they get that goal they don't either realize it's not as as good as what they thought it would be they get stale they get complacent they get lazy they lose their keenness you always got to keep pushing the bar so what is your bar in the three jobs yeah maxi you're spot on there like you know I, you know, I think we like to look at things, you know, I, I didn't come this far to only get this far. Mm, and I like you, that. You're, yeah, you're always, you're always looking to go further, you know. You know, we, you know, there's no diamonds without pressure and you've got to create pressure to get a diamond. So yes. uh, career goals, um, I try to do one thing extra each year in, in all spaces. Um, so in in the... Peer support space, I recently um, did a TAFE course. It, it was working with people with mental health conditions. Um, you know, and, and that those courses don't have to be great. They don't have to be long. You don't have to do a whole degree. You just a little short course here and there. With uh, my paramedics work, I, I'm looking at I'd like to do a course called ITLS, which is International Trauma Life Support, um, and that's just a, a little, little course and some study that just provides a, a greater framework to working in that trauma space, which is even in paramedicine, I like to more focus on the medical side and the social support and mental health side. So trauma, whilst it is really cool and all the action and that's where all the, the cool toys are, it's not something I was all that passionate about at university. So I think I might sort of reflect on that and that's where I want to put a bit of time next for paramedicine. Uh, and for fire, my my career goal is to is to end up being a, a USAR rescue operator, which mm-hmm. is our, our Pierce uh, on our shift. He's just come back from from a, uh, a an incredible experience, and he's now a United Nations uh, recognised USAR operator. So, sort of getting to that level where he's at uh, is my next career goal, and and working towards that with the boys. We just constantly are training, constantly learning. We constantly just find random things on TikTok or Instagram and give it a go at work, and yeah, that's where I want to be with that. Uh, Amazing. Health, I'll just jump in and do something mental health wise next. Um, I think the next part will be uh, doing another um, course, which is the duty officer training in peer support. So uh, I'd like to, you know, work on on doing that. So one step at a time in every direction forward. Nice, Do you know what? That's incredible that you not not just you're not just picking like one of those and doing something to, um, you know, Im- improve your skills every year. You're picking something in all three. That you know, that's 
an incredible commitment. So, mm. you know, hats off to you for that, Max. I think that is amazing. No, for sure, mate. You, definitely. You're definitely kicking goals. And, you know, I, me talking to you, obviously I work with you. I'm very proud of you. It's good to see um, how the goals that you reach. And I think all between all three of us, myself, you and Piers, you know, we're quite unique sort of guys. We're very like-minded. And we've got our own um, personal goals in place, but we all always band together. And we're obviously going to be mates for life and, and partners for life. But um, it's awesome to see you kick your goals. And then hopefully myself, you and Piers are, are the ones to, to go over on deployments one day and help other people in need. Yeah. yeah um, like, wow, what, a, what an impressive got... trio. Hmm. Oh, I think if you had Strongy as well yeah. in their mix, you've, yeah. you've got to have a fun team. Exactly right, mate. Amazing. Exactly right. So um, number 12, Lee. Yeah. So what bit of advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? If you go back in time, if you're speaking to 16-year-old Max, what are you saying? I think I'd tell 16-year-old Max to, and I, I don't know if I, because I know you guys are big on education and, and I love learning and I just think 16-year-old Max would have probably learnt more and done better in life if he left school. And I don't think that I wouldn't have left school to do nothing. I would have left school to to complete a more um, hands-on trade. I, I learned a lot by tactile learning and I learned a lot by doing it and being on site. And so I think for me, uh, an apprenticeship in carpentry or something like that probably would have suited 16-year-old Max better than trying to learn chemistry from Mrs. Langdon in year 11 and 12, which didn't do well for me. Um and, you know, identifying learning and education outside of the, the framework of just high school. Yeah. I didn't know to, I didn't know that I could learn when I wasn't at school and I hated school. I mm. wasn't good at it. And so I think I would tell my 16-year-old self to look for learning opportunities outside of school. and Yeah. Outside the system. Learning. Yeah. Outside the system. You know, yeah. I was lucky enough to get an apprenticeship at 16, left school and do lifeguarding. Um, you know, you're exactly right there, mate. You, I think it's 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 okay to not know what you want to do, yeah. but at the same time, if you do have a rough idea of what you want to do, try and find other avenues that you can do. Because I knew I was going to year twelve, but I knew you had to have year year twelve cert to become a firefighter. So when I left uh, school, I made sure that one day a week, while I was lifeguarding, doing my traineeship there, I was going one day a week to TAFE. To do my cert three in uh, fitness, I think it was, which which is equivalent to doing year, year twelve. So it's like prior learning to apply. So I knew that I had to do that, even though I didn't finish year twelve. So I had a backup plan. So, I, yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's like um, I think certainly is that the you said we're big on education and we are, but how our whole thing is making learning full fun. And learning in a way where maybe traditional education just doesn't support every child. I was rubbish at exams. I could not pass an exam. I'd do all the work. I'd read the question and I'd give the answer that I thought that I needed them to hear. It wasn't the answer they wanted. Mm. Um, You know, traditional education was terrible for me. I'm, you know, so that whole thing, yes, we are about education, but we're just about like, you know, Doing a whole different. different way of learning that's interactive, inclusive, um, you know, that it's um, engaging, that, you know, kids are learning, but they don't even realise they're learning because they're having fun. It, and they, they get to have fun. They get to watch the videos. If they don't watch the videos, they read the books. 
Yeah. And the books are hilarious as well as much as they are informative. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly right, mate. So, exactly right. So we're getting towards the end, mate. So there's two things that we're going to talk about now. So this last question is, can you give um, us a strong song to, to live up your mood? So what makes you – gives you the pump on, you know? Obviously, we have the RP62 playlist on Spotify, which people can download if they want to, but – What's oh. your song? Oh, hello. What's yeah. this playlist I didn't oh, it's, know it's about? It's a fire yeah. playlist. <laughs> um, so we we have on Maxi's Rescue Squad play uh, – sorry, on the podcast and Maxi's Rescue Squad, we have a playlist that we created on Spotify. We just ticked over 100 songs in there and there's people from all over the world. When they join up, they send us their happy-go-lucky pump-up song. Um, so we're asking you – I know there's probably a few, but if you've got a song for us. That, that you want to add to our Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist, what is it? The go-to going to lift Max's mood after a big day at work with Maxi. And it's okay if it is the <laughs> Harry Potter theme, mate. I will not hold it against you. <laughs> there is no judgment here. Yeah, yeah. Imogen Heap's entire soundtrack of The Cursed Child would be great. Right. No, I'm just yeah. okay. It is a good soundtrack, though. No, um. To pump up would be uh, any mood, no matter what, if I'm not feeling whatever mood I'm in, if I hear Wild Ones by Flo Rida, I'm done. It's, it's, it changes the mood to instant positivity. You're up you, and it's enough to get you moving. That's the one. Come on, man. Yeah, how good. Amazing. Uh, mate, it's added. It's, it's added. added. To the it's list. in the playlist. It's it's in there with um yeah, like I say, we've got um some really cool songs in there because like um people in the rescue squad are all over the world. There are artists we'd never heard of and we've got some like Germany, Yeah, Spain. we get like and think mm, that's a good song. So um you okay. are now part of it. And we've got one more thing, mate, and something that we've been adding to the podcast the last few weeks, dad jokes. So we've got some dad jokes here. Have you got a favourite dad joke that you can tell us and tell everybody? Um, why, do baked, why do all the baked beans live in Queensland? Why? Because they come from cans. Hey! <laughs> all right, I've got one for you. How long and wait for this? I've just there got we go. one for you, right? Okay. Why is Peter Pan always flying? Why? Because he never lands. Why was the ambulance driving so erratically? I don't know. I think I've, we're, I've heard we're, this we've one. We've covered before. this one. Is it? Have you covered it? Because he ran out of patience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, classic, mate. Classic. But, uh, uh, it's brilliant, Max. Have you got any more? Oh, uh, look, there's, there's a list, you know. Like we've yeah, come on. Give us, give us another one. Give us another one. Uh, what, what's, what's origin and sounds like a parrot? I don't know. I don't know. A carrot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bit like sprung in our oh, Get awesome. him off, get him off. <laughs> that's, 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 that's good. That's no, that was right, brilliant, Max. Brilliant, brilliant. Mate, so, uh, um, yeah, that's like
such a great chat. I um, feel I know so much more about you now, Max, after just knowing that you were one of the crew down at Bankstown. Yeah, mate, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's such short notice too. Um, you know, we're, we're about to go away for a couple of weeks and we're just doing a couple of pre-records and uh, I wanted to touch base on the whole, you know, even though you're a firefighter, but the whole peer support and mental health side. So thank you for shining a bit of light and some good advice there. And yeah, you're you're a legend. Yeah, absolutely, Max. And um, you know, it's been um, great to meet you. And um, yeah, we might, you know, if if we've ever got things with the rescue squad, we might um, catch up with you again yeah. if you don't mind. I did. I did mention to Max, um, you know, us moving forward. You know, it'd be good to have him as maybe a, yeah, a, exactly. a, an advisor or someone that we can bounce off to help us. Uh, you know, because we're dealing with all different types of people, yeah, and all different types of issues. Um, so yeah, uh, mate. But- Welcome aboard. There's a 24 hour If anyone's listening that, that does, you know, feel uh, they have mental health concerns, that they're, they're worried, there are those numbers on the rescue website and there's it's always there and there's always people that are happy to talk about mental health. Mental health is so important because not only do we need to look after it, we need to thrive in our mental health and we need to thrive in what we want to do. And it's more than just being healthy, it's thriving. And, yeah. you know, it's mental health is not forever. Yeah. We fix it, we recover it, we move forward. And, you know, it's it's definitely something that I always love to talk to people about. I talk about my own mental health. I talk to people about theirs. We're up, we're down, but we're always moving forward. Yeah. You guys are the best. No, mate, Max, thanks for uh, coming along, mate. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I, we do. I know it's Sunday. Yes. Uh, we're not going to say the date because it could be in a couple of weeks' time, yeah. but it is a Sunday. I know yeah. you're having a day off. Uh, spend some time with uh, the missus, and I will see you at work soon, brother. Thanks, Max. Have a great rest of your day. See you, see you. Bye. See you, mate. Before you go, we've got to play some music.